So, uh, like Purnachandra Prabhu, I'm going to erratically uh, present various uh, topics of discussion as per, um, well it may seem to be relatively erratic because of my lack of preparedness, but uh, anyway, the subject matter of this discussion, which is uh, largely uh, uh, comprising uh, or composed of, comprised of, yes, comprised of, um, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta's own words, which I feel are appropriate for this time. Um, but before I uh, embark on the um, the uh, sojourn through those words, uh, I would like to um, just mention a few things. Purnachandra Prabhu described how Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati in his uh, Krishna Lila Sarup uh, is uh, Nayan Mani Manjari. So, of course, many times uh, different classes, classes of Vaishnavas and they, um, in various ways, want to deprecate the transcendental position of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, criticizing him in various ways, mainly due to the fact that many times in Bhaktisiddhanta's preaching, uh, he would uh, press on some points, some pressure points, let's say, there's a thing called, a type of treatment which is called acupressure. So sometimes if you press on a point which needs the most attention, it's that point that hurts the most, isn't it? So sometimes he would, he would press on points that would uh, uh, hurt excruciatingly. And um, of course, uh, in the immaturity uh, of uh, the, um, you can say, development of the Krishna consciousness of certain individuals, uh, they would take these uh, this hurting, this pain, as um, as a sign of uh, malice. So, with, with, uh, rather than understanding that uh, any good was to be gotten uh, from the uh, association of such a uh, straightforward and honest sadhu or preacher of the principles of Rupa and Raghunath. Uh, Bhaktisiddhanta is uh, known as Rupanuga Apasiddhanta Tarani, isn't it? That he couldn't tolerate uh, any Apasiddhanta or any conclusions which would go against the conclusions 
of uh, Rupa Goswami. So, <clears throat> Rupa Goswami, as you know, you must be knowing, is the the uh, Gorlila avatar of Srimati Rupa Manjari. The Manjaris are the most intimate uh, maidservants, uh, devotees of Srimati Radharani, and thus it may be also said that they are the most intimate devotees of Shamsundar Krishna. Uh, Shamsundar shows un, well, let's say, uh, unfathomable unfathom- um, uh, mercy and special attention uh, to the devotees who are cent percent surrendered to the services of Srimati Radharani. You may remember an incident uh, at Radhakund when Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati and his disciples were uh, visiting and he uh, was preaching also there. He held some classes there. Uh, but uh, during that period of time, I will read an excerpt from one of those classes in a little bit. But uh, during that time, uh, his disciples and he himself were walking along the Radhakun Parikram Marg, and they saw the Maharaj of Bharatpur and his Rani uh, doing Dandavat Parikram of Radhakund. So one of um, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada's disciples uh, told to Bhaktisiddhanta that, oh, just see, they must be having uh, great devotion for Radharani. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, as Purnachandra said, he would surprise uh, his disciples sometime. Uh, so he explained that actually, not so, not so much uh, devotion to Srimati Radharani. Uh, he said that there is difference between their approach to Radha and Krishna and our approach to Radha and Krishna. They worship Radharani because she happens to be the favorite girlfriend of Krishna. So, therefore, they have to offer a little regard to Radharani, uh, recognizing that fact. But uh, their uh, focus is on their uh, aspirations to serve the lotus feet of Krishna. But, as far as we are concerned, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I can't remember the quote exactly. But as far as we're concerned, uh, uh, we will only have anything to do with that rascal, Krishna. He didn't say rascal, but I'm saying rascal. We'll only have anything to do with that blackish boy, Krishna. Because... uh, uh, he happens to be 
the plaything in the hands of Shimati Radharani. Something like that. So, it just, it so happens that he's uh, the necklace around Radharani's neck. So because we have everything to do with Radharani, uh, inadvertently, you can say subsequently, or happenstantially, uh, we have anything at all to do with that blackish, you know, debauchee, shamsundar. So anyhow, <coughs> in, uh, in this he expressed that it is our uh, supreme and bounden duty you can say transcendental duty it is not a duty as per as per the principles of vaidhi but it is not that the uh, the rag bhaktas are not dutiful they are supremely dutiful and the manjaris out of all the rag bhaktas the manjari maidservants of Srimati Radharani and particularly and especially the Manjari maid servants of Srimati Lalita Devi uh, who has two principal uh, maid servants uh, Rupa Manjari is her Mukya Manjari and Ananga Manjari is her uh, Upa Manjari so these two uh, Manjari maidservants uh, to become the Dasi Dasi Anudasi of these uh, in the matter of uh, intimacy in the loving service of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna uh, uh, it is the the highest uh, essence of all dutifulness of the jiva. Although we will also read some things which will show Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati's disposition toward the other devotees in other rasas. He never disparaged. But at the same time, <clears throat> we have to recognize his uh, his own uh, let's see, internal disposition which very often comes out in his preaching uh, to the extent where no one can go away not understanding that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur is one of the greatest, most intimate maidservants of Srimati Radharani. No one can go away with that understanding. But because <coughs> some <coughs> Vaishnavas uh, felt the pain of Bhaktisiddhanta's pressing on certain needed pressure points in the matter of the uh, uh, let's say uh, goings on uh, 
in uh, the Gaudiya Sampradaya, for lack of a recollection of a better way of saying it, nicer way of saying it, I could say shenanigans. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> they have a tendency to find fault with uh, various aspects of Bhaktisiddhanta's uh, life and his way of presenting Krishna consciousness, which we're not going to get into very much at this point. One of the things is that they claim, because <clears throat> many, uh, especially in certain Babaji uh, successions, they claim the all-importance of uh, Siddha Pranali Diksha as the uh, process, by the only process by which one can enter into the uh, realm of Braja and attain the services at the lotus feet of Radha and Krishna, without which they claim that if anyone is not having such, then they have no access. And therefore, they consider that such apparent branches of the Gaudiya Sampradaya are useless, that they are not connected, so to speak, with the powerhouse. So, uh, but <coughs> we have a couple of answers to this question. Uh, first of all, in the matter of the cultivation and also the preaching of the Rag Bhakti, which is preached. It is not that it is only something which is, you know, mumbled privately to oneself uh, in seclusion. But the principles of Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan uh, must certainly be preached. Because without preaching, without making it known, then how will anyone understand that uh, that it is there to be had, you know, at the feet of the uh, charges in our sampradaya. So it is not that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur didn't preach that um, the topic of the rag bhajan and all these things. Certainly, he preached these things. But <clears throat> it should be uh, seen that <clears throat> for the most part he presented Krishna consciousness in a subversive way. In a way <clears throat> so as to undermine the materiality of the uh, contaminated consciousness of persons of lesser eligibility who are actually incapable 
of appreciating and doing justice to the topics of the higher esoteric um, leelas of the Lord. Uh, we should understand that <coughs> when the Nitya Parikar of Radha and Krishna appear in this world, they do so by appearing in a disguised form. This is Mani Manjari's disguise to appear within this world as an ordinary human being. She has appeared in the form in her Acharya Sarup as Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So those who have a little insight regarding these things, when they will hear the katas coming from the Guru Mukha Padma of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, they will link that uh, kata they will see as if it was Mani Manjari's intention to speak these words for the benefit of the fallen conditioned souls as an agent of Srimati Radharani who appeared in this world as Lord Gorasundar to uh, bless the fallen conditioned souls with the uh, never before attainable loving services at the lotus feet of Sri Radhika. So, <clears throat> Nayan Mani Manjari, uh, she is actually, although generally Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he uh, generally revealed to the world his shiksha relationship or Bhagwat relationship with Rupa Goswami. This is to, let's say, uh, offer importance, a sense of importance to emphasize <coughs> the importance of hearing, of adhering to the Bhagavad Dharma. Because in many uh, sampradayas or apasampradayas, as it were, the followers of those sects would claim Siddha Pranali and all these things, but they would resort to various nefarious activities um, as um, debauchery and intoxication uh, and of various sorts. <clears throat> so, Bhaktisiddhanta's main uh, purpose in preaching <clears throat> the uh, prominently preaching the importance of 
the dissemination of Bhagavad Gita was to <coughs> to uh, teach the importance of adhering to the principles of Bhagavad Dharma. What is the use of your so-called Siddha Pranali if <coughs> if uh, we do not adhere to the principles of Bhagavad Dharma as presented by the topmost father of devotional service, uh, Srila Rupa Goswami. Without being Rupanuga Vaishnava, really no one can claim to be a perfect in the present day. No one can claim to be a perfect Gaudiya Vaishnava without following the principles of Rupa and Raghunath. So <clears throat> Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada didn't reveal at that time his Diksha Pranali, but rather gave stress to the importance, just as Arshila Prabhupada has mentioned, <clears throat> that uh, there are two margs, the Pancharatrika marg and the Bhagwat marg, as uh, Purnachandra Prabhu was uh, mentioning earlier also. That in the Bhagwat marg, there are various rules or vidis in the matter of the cultivation of Bhagavat Dharma. And in the Pancharatrika Marg, there are also vidis. So, uh, but if we are to uh, choose between one or the other, if we're forced to choose between the vidis in the Pancharatrika Marg and the vidis in the Bhagwat Marg, then we should uh, relinquish, if required to, linquish, to relinquish one or the other, we should relinquish the, the Pancharatrika Vidis. But we should never relinquish the Bhagwat Vidis. Uh, we should remember, always remember, that uh, Maharaj Prichit, he was not the Diksha disciple of Shukadev Goswami. And Shukadev Goswami was not the Diksha Guru of Maharaj Prichit. But, in spite of that, it is mentioned by our Gaudiya Acharyas that Maharaj Prichit is the example of one who attained perfection, atta he, he attained the highest perfection by hearing. And Shukadev Goswami attained the highest perfection by uh, chanting. It is mentioned like that. Although we understand 
Shukadeva Goswami also is the manifestation of uh, Radharani's pet parrot. But there was another Shukadev amalgamated, another personality. In other words, just like in the uh, Gorlila, there are uh, sometimes it is seen that in one sarup, many different persons may be amalgamated. Amalgamated meaning that they're all residing the various tattvas, various personalities, um, uh, let's say, who are manifestations of various shaktis of Krishna are residing within one sarup. We see that uh, Drona and Dara, they, uh, they merged in the Nanda Yasoda sarup to have experience of the uh, bhavas of Nanda Nyasoda. So, um, so similarly, there's a history which we're not going to get into that there was a impersonal personality, Shukadev. But Radharani's parrot was never impersonal. So, it was the impersonalist who attained perfection. An impersonal uh, a person who uh, was a Brahmavadi who was merged in that sarup, uh, who attained perfection. So we can see as simultaneous Sadhan Siddha and uh, Nitya Siddha. So anyhow, uh, the uh, the function of Bhagavad Dharma is of paramount importance. Therefore, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur practically exclusively propagated Bhagavad Dharma. And as you see on even our altar here, because he, his principle was followed by our Srila Prabhupada. Um, you will see that the Guru Parampara that is set up here, this is not our Diksha Parampara, but this is our Bhagavat Parampara. Even in the matter of worshipping the deity, the installation of our Krishna Balaram uh, and Radha Sham and Gornathai, Prabhupada told that the real installation was Hari Kirtan, Harinam Samkirtan. That was the pr real process by which they were installed. And in truth, it is the real process by which they are worshipped. The real process by which the, uh, m uh, m the Lord of all sacrifices, who has appeared as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is worshipped in this age of Kali. Uh, what is that process? Nam Samkirtan. Hari Nam Samkirtan. Not any Nam, but Hari Nam Samkirtan. Hare Krishna Nam Samkirtan. Especially. Krishna Barna Tusha Krishna. Sangopangastra Parshadam. 
Jagyai Samkirtana Prayer, Yajanti Hi Sumedasaha. Those who have good brain substance will understand that it is by this Samkirtan Jagya that the Lord of sacrifices, the Jagya Purush, the enjoyer, the Bhokta, Bhoktaram Jagya Tapasam, this Samkirtan Jagya, that Bhokta, the enjoyer of the Kali Yuga Dharma, Nam Samkirtan, that uh, that he is satisfied by this performance of Harinam Samkirtan. So, therefore, we see uh, in our line, we give deference to the Bhagwat system of which this Harinam Samkirtan is a part. However, at the same time, we should not be in the illusion, as some people are, that our Diksha Sampradaya is in any way uh, discrepant or faulty. We do have our Diksha Sampradaya. We do have our Siddha Pranali. And that Diksha Sampradaya is coming uh, from uh, Nityananda, Janava Nitai, down through Bir Chandra Prabhu to uh, Nimai Chand Goswami to Gwakashor Das Babaji Maharaj to Bhaktisananta Saraswati. We should note that although sometimes just uh, let's say, to simplify the explanation, and also it has its validity. But it is mentioned that because Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Bhimla Prasad, was the, um, the son of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, therefore there would be some impropriety in... Uh, the son taking the diksha from the father. But actually, the purpose in as far as that goes, because actually there's no real impropriety, because Narada took diksha from Brahma. And there are many, many, many other examples of fathers giving diksha, giving the diksha mantras to their sons. When we say diksha, it means mantra diksha. And we say, when we say diksha pranali, or diksha parampara, or diksha sampradaya, without receiving mantra through sampradaya, bona fide sampradaya, then that chanting of the mantra will bear no fruit. Nishpala, no fruit. So, must be that if we're to have a bona fide diksha, is, do you think that this ISKCON movement is just making a show bottle, you know, diksha program to dupe the followers into thinking that they're getting something, you know, real, so as to solidify their faith until they find out that it's not real, 
from the Babajis. So then everyone becomes, uh, let's say, um, uh, dis- uh, uh, di- uh, disturbed in their faith by hearing from certain Babajis. A few of them are there at Radhakund. Who say that Bhaktisiddhanta's Sampradaya is, or the Saraswat line is invalid because they have no Diksha Sampradaya. Because when they look, you, if you will look at the, um, at the pictures on the altar, you will see that, okay, legitimately speaking, we can say that we've taken our Diksha Mantra. Diksha Mantra means, uh, Gayatri Mantras. So we've received our Gayatri Mantras. Um, I received my Gayatri Mantra from Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada received his Gayatri Mantra, uh, Mantram from, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur received his Gayatri Mantram. Of course, there's some foolish people who enviously say that he also did not do that even. But we don't care for their so-called, the way they write the history books. Because they weren't there to see. We accept our authority. No need to, to, uh, no say, listen to everyone. If our authority, if our, if Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and our Srila Prabhupada admit that on a particular day at Sarabi Kunj, uh, at Bhaktivinoda Thakur's place, Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj came uh, the very same day that uh, he uh, ingest through dust in Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's face, uh, uh, telling to him that for you, this is my diksha. Uh, you may not be knowing, but one Nimai, excuse me, Nitai Das Babaji Maharaj, uh, he was present at that time. And he uh, uh, reported this incident to many of the uh, Radhakun Babas. And they are all of this opinion. But it's just like, <clears throat> if, if I'm, uh, the example is given uh, for another purpose, but we can use the same example, that if the king sends his three servants, his servants out to uh, to, to report to him what is a train and one sees the light coming down the track and then he runs back to the king but he didn't wait he didn't he didn't uh, he wasn't around long enough you know to to see that later on you know the train pulls into the station and then he gets a clear idea of what's going on so similarly uh, Nittai Das Babaji Maharaj Obviously, he saw this one incident and he concluded that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's claim uh, to uh, Diksha from Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj that his claim is bogus, so he says, because throwing dust in the face is not a bona fide process of 
you know, giving diksha. Diksha means the transmission of transcendental knowledge in codified form via media, the, the Kama Gayatri and Kama Beach particularly. So the mantra, which, uh, uh, let's say, when purely disseminated, uh, let's say, enlivens the uh, aspirant with prema bhakti shakti. That mantra is, the, the, the reception of that mantra is diksha, when it is received from a powerful spiritual master, Mahabhagavat. So anyhow, uh, many people in various ways want to claim, but uh, it is quite a fact that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, that we are having bona fide diksha to the extent that we are receptive, to that extent we can say that our diksha is, uh, let's say, not farcical, and to the extent that we are empowered, to that extent we can say that we have the adhikar to give the bona fide diksha as it is coming, the mantras are coming in an unbroken chain of disciplic succession from Lord Nityananda. So, Bhaktivinoda uh, Thakur, it is not only that he just did not want to, or, or that he wanted to, uh, let's say, rectify a uh, a particular uh, overstress on uh, Jati Sampradaya which was going on at that time because Jati Sampradaya means seminal Sampradaya that there's the, the, the father who was born uh, in uh, the line of Nityananda Nityananda Vangsa, uh, that these people who who has taken birth from he who has taken birth who, from he who has taken birth this family line they call it as Parivar but uh, we don't recognize although that may also be valid to the extent that the power of the mantra and the purity of the individuals coming in that line because it is a fact that the dissemination of mantram is not dependent on material time, space and circumstance. So whether someone is a father or a son, that is immaterial. Whether he's father and son or whether he's not father and son, the dissemination of mantram, just like Nityananda, disseminated the mantra to his son, Birchandra, from whom we're getting our mantram. So it is not that just that because someone has uh, had, uh, uh, whose father, um, uh, that, that he's the son of uh, a Vaishnava, that he cannot receive mantra from his father. But 
to reverse the um, the over stress on such external things because coming in the family line the establishment of sampradaya as per uh, seminal parivar uh, that is external thing the internal thing is the power the shakti the bhakti shakti which is coming uh, in, in the form of the shabda brahman which is uh, disseminated via media mantra diksha so that is as far as mantra diksha is concerned so but we should also mark that it was not so much that reason why bhakta siddhanta was instructed to go to gorkhishor das babaji marsh rather there's another reason which in certain respects may be considered as a more important reason which we will uh divulge at this point i hope that no one is angry at me for this but bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur one time bhaktimino thakur's diksha guru bipin bihari goswami came to bhaktimino thakur's house and he placed his feet as the guru might do on the head of bhaktimino thakur and bhaktisiddhanta saraswati did not take that lightly bhaktisiddhanta saraswati bimla prasad at that time he told off telling that you don't know who is this person he is not an ordinary person of this world but he is a nitya parikar of radhan krishna he is not a sadaka who requires your blessings and he also noted bhaktisiddhanta also noted that in the mentality as was expressed at a certain uh, instance uh uh bihari goswami he told that because we are brahmanas and raghunath das goswami is of the kayasta class isn't it was it kayasta class i think so so he will have to take blessings from us that didn't go over very big with bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur he didn't appreciate it 
Rather, he saw it as a discrepancy in the uh, devotional attitude. He saw that there was some caste consciousness manifesting in the words of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's guru, the would-be Param Guru, if he were to take the diksha from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur understood this lack of faith in uh, Bipin Bihari Goswami on the part of Bhakti uh, Sananta Saraswati, Bhimo Prasad at that time. So he directed him to go to the feet of Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj. Because Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj, uh, you will find that it is very, um, let's say, it is a very useful point as far as the cultivation of the bhajan which has been disseminated by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, you will read in uh, uh, Navadip Baba Taranga and also in his Gita Mala. You will read how he is Kamala Manjari, who is the eternal maidservant of her supreme goddess, Srimati Anangamanjari. And it is Anangamanjari who introduces her, Kamala Manjari, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, to Rupa Manjari, Rupa Goswami. Kamala Manjari has two sampradayas, as do we. We have our Diksha Sampradaya and we also have our Bhagwat Shiksha Sampradaya. Kamala Manjari or Bhaktivinoda Thakur also has his Diksha Sampradaya coming from Nityananda through Ramchandra Goswami and down through Bipin Bihari Goswami to Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And he also has his Bhagwat Sampradaya coming through <coughs> Jagannathas Babaji Maharaj, who was also his Vesh Guru. So, uh, because in the uh, writings of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, you will see that he gives expression to this relationship uh, in the culture of the Madhurya Bhajan, he gives the expression uh, to the um, the relationship that he has with both Anangamanjari and uh, Rupamanjari. And as we previously mentioned, Anangamanjari is the Upamanjari of Lalita Devi and Rupa Manjari is the Mukya Manjari of Lalita Devi. Both of them are serving the lotus feet of Srimati Lalita Devi who is the principal Saki of Radha. So 
um, just as he shows in his uh, teachings about the cultivation of this uh, Madhurya Bhav which he propagates in his writings Bhaktivinoda Thakur so similarly it is quite appropriate for the Madhurya Bhaktas coming in the Saraswat line in any of its branches Iskan being one of the branches of the Saraswat line it is so appropriate that Gorkashar Das Babaji Maharaj's Diksha line is similarly just as Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Diksha line is coming from Nityananda Janava Nitai so who, Janava is Anangamunjari so similarly Gorkashar Das Babaji Maharaj's Diksha Pranali is coming uh, from Janava Nitai not via the Ramchandra Dara or the flow coming from Ramchandra but via the flow coming uh, from Birchandra Goswami and similarly we will be having our Bhagwat Sampradaya coming from Rupa Goswami they are inter-supportive features of our Sampradaya's legacy. So we should also appreciate just as the just as the Diksha Guru and the Shiksha Guru are equal manifestations of the mercy of Krishna as instructed by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami in Chaitanya Charitamrita we should not in any way minimize the beauty and power of our Diksha relationship with Lord Nityananda in Janavadevi that mantra those mantram that we are receiving through our Diksha Pranali namely the Gopal Mantra and the Kama Gayatri Mantra these are as mentioned by Ramchandra uh, excuse me Dhyanchandra Goswami in his Gorgovinda Archan Smaran Parati Hare Krishna Um, he he explains how these mantras are actually Radmai mantras. They have the power to transport our consciousness to the realm of Braja, to the feet of Brajendanandan Krishna, Shamsundar and to the Nitya Sevas of the Nitya Leelas the Astakalya Leelas of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna 
As a matter of fact, Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, uh, in a dream, he saw the revelation by the mercy of Srimati Radharani, who appeared in that dream and explained that this Kama Gayatri mantra is the mantra, is a mantra for worshipping me, Radha. This is a worship, this is a mantra for worshipping Radha. But it is a mantra for worshipping Radha in her relationship with her Krishna. So, those who have received the Kama Gayatri mantra in our disciplic line coming from Srimati Janabadevi who is none other than Anangamanjari who is the topmost maidservant of Srimati Radharani. She is the younger sister of Radharani and the topmost among all the Manjaris including Rupa Manjari Rati Manjari who was uh, Raghunath Das Goswami Mani Manjari and Guna Manjari all these Manjaris they serve going along with Anang Manjari in the Nikunja Sevas of Radha and Krishna Anangamanjari is the Madhurya Sarup of Adi Guru Sri Baladev. So in our line the mantram that we receive, especially the Kama Gayatri Mantra and Gopal Mantra, and Janavadevi also introduced the Gaur Mantra, Gaur Gayatri. She introduced these. The Gaur Mantra is also inclusive of the Bij Mantra, Kling. This mantra is described by Dhyanchandra Goswami as being capable of fulfilling all desires. All the desires that one may have in the heart may be easily fulfilled by the chanting of this Gaur Mantra. So, if one desires to eternally serve in the land of Braja, the lotus feet of Sri Sri Radha and Krishna, that desire can be easily fulfilled by the chanting of the Gaur Mantra. And also, Hare Krishna Mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That mantra bestows the attainment of the Brajalilas. You cannot attain the Brajalilas without having a Brajasarup, please. It is by this Nam Sankirtan 
that one can easily, easily cross beyond all the difficulties of material entanglement and attain the realization of the eternal intrinsic sarup in the land of Braja. It is not so difficult thing. Only we have to cry out for the mercy of Guru and Goranga. So anyhow, I just wanted uh, to mention one thing because uh, Nayan Mani Manjari just as Kamala Manjari Bhaktivinoda Thakur as Kamala Manjari her uh, uh, supreme goddess is Ananga Manjari so similarly <coughs> Nayan Man Mani Manjari her supreme goddess is also Ananga Manjari one time in Calcutta at the Bhagavazar Math Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur uh, was uh, speaking to a group of scholars from the Calcutta University and he began by explaining to them that that our line is very very uh, sublime our line of disciplic succession is very very sublime our line is coming from Radhika to Lalita Devi. He was explaining this to some scholars. Our line is coming from Srimati Radhika to Lalita Devi to Anangamanjari. And as soon as he said Anangamanjari, he started pouring incessant tears from his eyes and he became completely choked up for minutes and minutes and minutes he could not control and at a certain point he only said that our line is very exalted I think he said line of discipline succession coming from Srimati Radharani to Lalita Devi to Anangamanjari and when he said Anangamanjari he couldn't control his emotions he was pouring incessant tears from his eyes he became totally choked up incapable of speaking anything and then at a certain point he just folded his hands and just said, 
please excuse me? And got up, went to his room, locked the door, and didn't come out for three days without eating, sleeping, or anything. <laughs> or passing stool, or any such things. So, Srimati Anangamanjari is also the life and soul of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. By her grace, he has gained the feet of Srimati Rupa Manjari. So, anyhow, so we should never underestimate. We are graced by the power of our Diksha Pranali and also our Bhagavat Sampadaya. Both that have to their power. Both are equal manifestations of the mercy of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. So we should not underestimate, we should not deprecate or disparage or in any way slight the power of our Diksha Sampradaya and the Diksha Mantram that we've received through that Diksha Sampradaya. Diksha Sampradaya means that Sampradaya through which the Mantram have been passed from mouth of the Guru to the ears of the disciple, to the ears of the successive disciples. In this way. This is called Diksha Sampradaya. And Shiksha Sampradaya, Bhagwat Sampradaya, is the Sampradaya through which the Bhagwat Siddhanta has been preserved and disseminated, intact. So, in this way, we should understand. Nayan Mani Manjari, she is a beautiful Kishori Gopi, 12 years, 3 months, 15 days old. That is her eternal age. She has a bodily luster, the color of her body is pinkish. Srila Prabhupada also has told that his bodily color in his spiritual sarup is Gaur-Ratha, which means that it is golden with a reddish hue reddish highlights. So, Bhaktisiddhanta's bodily color, perhaps this is why he turned Vivarna, whitish and then reddish, pinkish, <laughs> because it was coming out, <laughs> shining through. <laughs> Anyhow, but uh, so, and her nature as almost all of the Manjaris in the line from Anangamanjari, 
are Bama Madhya. Nangamanjari is also Bama Madhya. Bama means contrary. Madhya means intermediately so. Prakara means harshly so. And uh, Midvi means very soft. So, he, uh, uh, just like Radharani is Bama Madhya. So she has the capacity to sometimes be a little harsh when she needs to be. And she can also be soft. So that is the beauty of the Madhya position. And so, uh, Kamala Manjari is also Bama Madhya. Bhaktivinoda in his Manjari Sarup. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur is also Bama Madhya. And by his grace, I hope that I may also become Bama Madhya so that I can sometimes be a little harsh when necessary. <laughs> and her seva, because we should know something about her seva, what seva does she do? Just like Kamala Manjari, Bhaktivinotakura's seva, in his Antarasarup, Rajasarup, is as Chandan, no, excuse me, Karpur Seva. He makes camphor for the pleasure of Radha. He, she makes camphor for the pleasure of Radha and Krishna. So, also, uh, Bhaktisiddhanta, in his Braja Madhurya Sarup, as Nayan Mani Manjari, what does she do? She does a lack attack. Seva. That means that she paints the soles of the feet of Srimati Radharani with lack. So that, that, is, that is her main desired seva. Every maidservant of Srimati Radharani uh, can do so many varieties of sevas. But the main seva that she desires the most is that seva. So that is our Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And she has, and her kunj is Megambuja kunj. And it's described here that her nivas, her place of residence, is. Uh, Yavat and alternatively Barshana when Radharani goes to Barshana. One time Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was with a group of his disciples and visiting Barshana and he explained to them at that time that this is my eternal home Barshana. So in this way, we can understand a little something about the uh, the power of our sampradaya. At this point, if you don't mind, because we're running out of time, I would like to 
read you something just to balance the scales a little bit. <coughs> Which is, uh, you can find this, this is a quote from Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur. <coughs> you can find this in Mahanani Swami's Gayatri Mahima Madhuri book which is a nice book it has a lot of nice things in it so you can find it under the section chapter 4 about Guru Gayatri <coughs> and it's under the section uh, the first section of the chapter which is describe, describing uh, how the uh, sadhaka uh, and the I guess you can say depending on the degree of advancement but he may see his guru uh, in various ways so I thought that it would be appropriate at this point to read this from Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur these are some words of his we've heard about him so I think that it's also essential that on this day we should hear something from him and I have a few things that, that we can read that will that will help us to appreciate uh, Bhaktisiddhanta's uh, feelings and his uh, moods Sri Guru is the daughter of Vrishabhanu. Who is the daughter of Vrishabhanu? Srimati Radhika. In the Madhurya Ras. This is very interesting. So perk up a little bit now, you hear? There are different ways in which different persons whose faculty of spiritual consciousness has been aroused judge about their own requirements. I've read this before, but I read it one time before on Srila Prabhupada's uh, uh, appearance day, just so that it may be seen in relationship to our Srila Prabhupada. But now we can also simultaneously we can see in relationship to our Srila Prabhupada and to our Srila uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur Srila Prabhupada as well. There are different ways in which different persons whose faculty of spiritual consciousness has been aroused judge about their own requirements. You have a right to judge about your own requirements. This should be marked. All right? Every enlightened person is privileged to have a sight of Sri Guru in accordance with his or her particular mode of judgment about one's own requirements. I'm adding in parentheses. Sri Guru is that real entity who thus reveals himself to the view of the enlightened soul in a variety of ways. 
realized by the method of Vatsalyaras. Sri Guru reveals himself as Nanda Yasoda. In Sakyaras, Sri Guru is Sridham, Subal, etc. In Dasiras, the lotus feet of Sri Guru, now get this, what he's saying, the lotus feet of Sri Guru act as Chitrak and Patrak. So the lotus feet of Sri Guru is acting as Radha, is acting as Lalita, is acting as Rupa, is acting as Anangamanjari, etc. According to the the uh, individual's uh, disposition, natural uh, spiritual predilection, the lotus feet will respond reciprocally. Uh, and also because Sri Guru is the representative of Krishna who is ultimately the original Guru. And Krishna is Baba Grahi Janardana. He reveals himself in accordance with the desired Baba of any individual soul. The consideration of all these ashraya, ashrayas or shelters, shelters meaning uh, of the Vishaya, Krishna, Uh, arises in the heart while progressing in the service of Sri Guru. So we should check to see whether or not we're progressing. In other words, our service to Sri Guru should and really ultimately must be progressive. If we're not progressing in the service of Sri Guru, then we may not see or place any importance on these topics of discussion. But if we are in fact sincerely progressing in the service of our Guru, then we must come to grips with the necessity of recognizing his Anturasarup in the cultivation of our eternal relationship with Krishna. Otherwise, to be real, we're cheating ourselves and we're also cheating our Guru. But especially we're cheating ourselves. Or you can say, we are cheated by the illusory energy of the Lord. They arise, that means, the consideration of all these various ashrayas, either as Radhika, as Nanda Yasoda, as Sridham Subal, as uh, 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 Chitrak and Patrak. Uh, these considerations of these ashrayas uh, they arise spontaneously in the consciousness of fortunate souls 
upon the appearance of the disposition for spiritual service of the divinity. We have no other function. The jiva has no other function than the service of Sri Guru. That is quite a, uh, an important point of discussion because sometimes we see that those who are, I guess you could say, better known as gopi bhavakas, they tend to uh, try to cram the madhurya ras down everybody's throat without... Uh, let's say having any uh, consideration for the fact that different devotees may be having different spiritual dispositions that was one of the main faults you know the prophet saw in the Gopi Baba club in one conversation he, 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 was, he was saying what's wrong with Mandiya Soda what's wrong with you know Subal why, why only go, this, this, you know, as if this is the only thing that our Sampradaya is offering. But it should be noted that this is the highest thing that our Sampradaya is offering. It's not that, you know, <laughs> we slight as if we're, say, boy, boy, boycotting the highest esteemed, you know, sarup of our Sampradaya. But rather, sometimes it is shown just to uh, let's see, help the devotees to appreciate uh, that they can get the highest thing at the feet of our Guru Parampara. If that is not shown, then there may be some discrepancy on our part in the matter of... Uh, let's say, the followers losing faith and going hither and thither to, let's say, fulfill their, their spiritual aspirations in various ways. So, when we hear these things, we should hear them as if they're special messages, at least it's a good thing, to hear them as if the acharya is presenting them, that is also good. But you can also hear them as if they're special messages, you know, coming from the the uh, disguised form of Shimati Manimanjari, who wants to enlighten us about, you know, our progress to the perfection of our. Krishna consciousness. I was going to read some from. Uh, there's a really great uh, uh, lecture uh, given by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. What is it? Yeah?
No. No, this is this is not the time for that. Thank you. No. Because then, you know, we only have a half hour left. And I want you to hear more from Bhaktisanatha Saraswati Thakur. So, here's an answer, a very nice answer to a question. So, I'll pose the question and then we'll give the answer. Because, just to save time and so to keep it in line with our course of discussion as well. Uh, sometimes we hear <coughs> that at Radhakund, Bhaktisananda lectured on what was it? Ishu, was it Ishopanasad or? Huh? Ishopanasad, right? He lectured on Ishopanasad. And all the Babajis, you know, they became a little nonplussed, so to speak. Because they thought that here, <coughs> here is uh, a great, highly elevated Mahabhagwat Rasik Vaishnava, Acharya, you know, in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, we should be able to get some nectar from this man. But instead, just to kind of put them in their place, uh, which was Bhaktisiddhanta's uh, style, you know, which sometimes they didn't like as we previously discussed. He did like that. He simply lectured on Sri Ishopanasad. So, but, that may be true, it is true, but there's something more, please. Uh, and this will be revealed in these words of Bhakti Siddhanta, which is uh, 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 an excerpt from a lecture delivered uh, in 19 at, at Radhakund uh, during his Brajmandal Prakram in 1932. And it was printed in the Gaudiya. In 1934. So, uh, <coughs> Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati says here, All these days we have not spoken about Leela. So this will help to clarify. Because this is very, imp it's a very important thing to understand this also about what Bhakti Siddhanta wanted to express to us. Here he is, he has been speaking about Ishopanasad, you know, on and on and on, ad infinitum, you know, Sambandha Tattva Gyan and all these things. And so, so as to smash all the discrepant behaviors of various people who claim to be Rasik Vaishnavas, etc. But now he's going to enter into something which we should all very, very carefully note. Why? All these days I have not spoken about Lila. Why? Because, this is why. Because this is our most, our most confidential asset. This is our only sadhya. 
But one should not make the mistake of the thinking, of thinking that Anartana Britti is the Prayojana. Anartana Britti is not the goal, in other words, what he's saying. Anartana Britti is an indirect uh, means to the goal. Anartana Nivritti in of itself is also not the direct means to the goal. So he will explain. One thinking like this will never enter into Artha Pravritti. For this reason, I, this is Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, during the same group of lectures, please, I will begin speaking about Astakaliya Lila. Please, this is, don't think that he never spoke. He spent so much time until all those who uh, perhaps lacked the sincerity drifted away. Then he began speaking. For this reason, he says, one thinking like this, that Anartanavritti is our only business, our only goal of life, is to become freed from our Anartas. One who makes that as the goal of his life, uh, he will never enter into Artapravritti. For this reason, I will begin speaking about Astakaliya Lila. I know that you are not ready to hear it. Listen to him. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur is telling, I know that you are not ready to hear it. Still, for this reason, I will begin to speak about Astakalilil, even though you're not ready to hear it. But we should know such a transcendental idea exists within the realm of devotion. This is why Anartanavritti is essential. After the realm of Anartanavritti is Arta Pravritti. Pure conjugal service to Radha and Krishna. This is transcendental reality. If we do not know of this transcendental realm, then all of our efforts may end in Nirvasheshbad. You know what is Nirvasheshbad? Impersonalism. If we do not know of this realm, if we do not know of the Astakaliya Lilas of Radha and Krishna, if we do not know of the pure conjugal service to Radha and Krishna, if we do not know this transcendental reality, then all of our efforts may end in Nirvasheshvad. Do not 
let your days pass in trying for anartanavritti. Do not, do not let your days pass in trying for anartanavritti. Artha pravritti is also necessary. Anartanavritti is necessary until Artha pravritti has not perfected. But what is the word he uses? Until Artha pravritti has started. Not until it is finished. Anartanavritti is necessary until Artha Pravritti has started. When Anartha Pravritti, when Artha Pravritti is present, then Anartanavritti becomes unimportant. Artha Pravritti becomes prominent. So this goes along with the previous discussion that we had concerning the, the, the importance and the, you can say, um, uh, uh, the uh, uh, necessity, the gradual distinction or the necessity of, of the gradual involvement in the gradual involvement of our bhajan uh, to uh, uh, simultaneously, let's say, uh, not slacken our Nartanavritti, but uh, it becomes less important as the Arthapravritti becomes more important, more prominent. In other words, the, the indirect program of Anartanavritti as per hearing of the uh, pastimes of Krishna with the demons, or killing the demons, etc., uh, that becomes less prominent and as we make advancement, you know, to uh, the, the perfectional stage, uh, ruchi, asakti, bhav, then the uh, nishta, starting with nishta, tabhajan, then the then the um, the uh, direct process of hearing about Krishna's nityalilas becomes more and more prominent. Those who have chanted Hari Nam for fifteen or twenty years should know such things. The beginners need not hear these topics or they may misunderstand. But those who've been chanting for 15 or 20 years, they must hear, they must know. These topics are for certain audiences, not for all. Also, it is said, Apana bhajana katha na kahibe jatatata. One should not reveal one's bhajan here and there to everyone, anyone and everyone. If we disregard this instruction of our previous acharjas, then there may be a permanent fall from the realm of devotion. By removing the clothes of the gopis, Krishna obtained happiness. This is Krishna's sense gratification. We cannot ask 
Why is he a sense enjoyer? Let us see Krishna display the behavior of controlling his senses. Krishna will not become a slave to our desires. Krishna by his own will can show us sense restraint and did so in his form as Gorasan, Gorasundar. He showed the highest degree of renunciation when he accepted the renounced order of sannyas. He wouldn't let women come even within 50 feet to offer obeisances. In his previous, you know, he was dancing, you know, in Ras, etc. But as Gorasundra, as Mahaprabhu, uh, he demonstrated to the world that you think I'm a debauchee, but just see, can you do this? By that example, he is informing us that no one except Krishna has the right to remove the clothes of the gopis. Our duty is to cultivate devotional service. Do not think that Astakalya Lila Smaran is the property of the Sahajyas. Actually, it is our affair. It has to be retrieved from the hands of the Sahajyas. Our Sri Guru Pad Padma heard these things from Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. That is why he used to tell us various confidential things. We have heard the last instructions from our Sri Gurudev, Srila Gorakashur Das Babaji Maharaj. He said, living in Radhakund would be pleasant if you, Bhaktisiddhanta, can deliver it from the hands of eleven immoral men. That is what Gorkishor does, Bhagavad Maharaj. Now Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati continues, now perhaps eleven has increased to one hundred and eight. And our humble selves may add that now one hundred and eight has perhaps increased to one thousand and eight. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm just going to read the first paragraph or so of uh, <clears throat> of Bhaktisiddhanta's own speech on his own Vyasputa day because it's extremely beautiful and very powerful. Maybe two paragraphs or so. Let's see. And then I want to read something also from an essay by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, just a, a few paragraphs, called What is Gaudiamath Doing? I hope we have time. This is Bhaktisiddhanta speaking at his Vyas Puja. We have taken upon ourselves the responsibility of welcoming this grave charge. 
Everyone in the audience has accepted an ordinary seat. I alone have been provided with a lofty sitting place. Everyone is being told, in effect, quote, do have a look at a big animal from the zoo gardens. What arrogance! So foolish! So wicked! Have you ever seen such a big brute? Garlands of flowers have been put around his neck. What laudations! What bombastic, long-drawn, and hyperbolic adjectives. And how complacently, too, he is listening to the praise of his own achievements. How intently and with his own ears he also evidently feels delighted in mind. Is he not acting in plain violation of the teachings of Mahaprabhu? Can such a big brute, so selfish and insolent, ever rec uh, be ever reclaimed or ever be reclaimed from such brutishness? I happen to be one of the greatest of fools. No one offers me good advice on account of my arrogance. Inasmuch as nobody condescends to instruct me, I place my case before Mahaprabhu himself. The thought occurred to me that I would make over the charge of myself to him and see what he would advise me to do in the matter of accepting Guru Puja or Vyas Puja. Then Sri Chaitanya Dev said to me, Whosoever you meet, instruct him regarding Krishna. By my command, be Guru, deliver this land. In this you will not be obstructed by the current of the world. You will have my company again at this place. In these verses, it is to be found the proper explanation of the apparent inconsistency noticed above. He whose only teaching is humility, greater even than a blade of grass, said, By my command, be guru, save this land, deliver the people from their foolishness. Now whomsoever would happen to hear these words, would naturally protest with folded palms joined. But I'm really a great sinner. How can I be Guru? You are Godhead Himself, the teacher of the world. Only you can be Guru. To which Mahaprabhu replies, In this you will not be obstructed by the current of the world. You will have my company again at this place. Therefore, in this case, in telling others about Krishna, there is no risk of forgetting Him. So anyway, that's what I'm going to read from that one, because there's only a few minutes left.
And I want to read this. But you can understand the drift. Who, uh, who has right to be guru is he who is 100% surrendered. Oh, this one other thing. Who has right to be guru should also be taken into consideration here. <coughs> this is Bhaktisananta Saraswati Thakur's instructions regarding the matter of uh, Nam initiation. Only the Mahabhagwat, Sri Gurudev, is able to give the name of Sri Krishna, which is not different, non-different from Krishna. Nama Chintamani Krishnasya Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha Purnashudo Nitya Mukto Binatpan Nama Namino Sri Krishna's name is directly Sri Krishna. It is a spiritual transcendental object full of liquid mellowness. The divine name arises or manifests itself upon the tongue of someone who is favorable towards devotional service. So one might ask this question at this point, interjecting, how favorable is favorable? How favorable does favorable have to be before favorable is considered favorable enough? The glorification, kirtan, fraught with spiritual offenses to the divine name, done by those who are inclined toward enjoyment, bhukti, or renunciation, mukti, is not the pure divine name. The pure divine name, Shudhanam, and the stage of offenses to the divine name, Namaparad, are not the same. The Mahabhagwat, who is free from spiritual offenses to the divine name, and who takes shelter in the, in the glorification of the pure name, is alone fit to bestow the name of Sri Krishna. just in case anyone was wondering. Of course, that can be explained a little bit, that there are three classes of Mahabhagwats, and not all of them are at the stage of uh, sadhya, or the outcome of their devotional practices. There's one class. One class has two feet in the spiritual world, extending his hand to the material world. He's the Nityasiddha avatar coming from the spiritual world to pull people up to that position. That is the highest order of Mahabhagwat. The second order is one who has his one foot in the spiritual world, one foot in the material world. That means he's attained perfection. means Sarup Siddhi. He's realized his Stai Bhav. He's a Bhavuka or Premi Bhakta. And then the third type of Mahabhagwat, he can be called as the... <coughs> A uh, devotee who has attained the stage of asakti or ruchi, he has the pure name because Shudanam comes at the stage of ruchi. But he still may have some residues of attachment to the mode of goodness, as was the case of Narda in his previous life as the son of a maidservant. He's the example given in the Sandarbhas as such a Mahabhagwat. 
In Kali Yuga, there is no other Dharma except uttering the name of Krishna. Taking the name in whatever place, whether eating or sleeping, irrespective of time, place or person, all is fulfilled. Whomsoever thou meets, instruct him about Krishna by my command, be Guru and save this land. There is no other Dharma of the Jivas except Kirtan, singing the names of God. To the extent that one disbelieves in bhakti, to the extent, so mind you, there are degrees of faith and disbelief. To the extent that one disbelieves in bhakti as denoted by Kirtan of the Holy Name, in other words, those who think that all wants cannot be fulfilled by doing Harinam Samkirtan. To that extent, such people are Gnostic or atheistic. The degree of help one gives to the propagation of bhakti as denoted by Kirtan of the Holy Name is the sole measurement, sole measure of one's belief in God. On the other hand, a man is a Gnostic or disbeliever to the extent that he obstructs kirtan. As the name has to be taken at every moment while eating or sleeping, as bhakti denoted by kirtan of the holy name is the only dharma of the jiva, as there is no other dharma except this, where is the time for getting rid of flood or famine or founding hospitals? Those who claiming to be positivist means material, materialistic positivist. They think they have a positive outlook on the world. Are forgetful of the greatest of all facts, that is death. Those who being fallen like the blind man led by the blind under the spell of the enchantress loiter about like travelers without an objective. It is such people that have time for work other than Hari Kirtan, singing the names of, of Krishna. <clears throat> All other efforts, with the exception of Hari Kirtan, are the cause of samsara, or bondage to this cycle of repeated birth and death. The road leading not to the east, but in the opposite direction. On the other hand, all-time Hari Kirtan is turning away from every other direction to face the east or journey homeward. Gaudiya Math, or as we can, we can replace Gaudiya Math with Iskhan, you know, so we can uh, see that it does also apply to us, doesn't it? Okay, so go, the Gaudiya Math is the missionary of this all-time Kirtan. The Godimath begs every one of us to offer his all to Krishna, the doom dam, or pomp and display, mind you, of nice temple, etc. Of the Godimath, or Iskan, is for the sole purpose of making all efforts of the world Krishna para, having Krishna as their goal. The offering to Krishna comes first, and after the offering has been made, bhakti begins. The Gaudiamath says, Make the offering to Krishna first, and after that has been done, profess to be a bhakta or a devotee.
The Gaurimav says, do not imitate the Kirtan Kari. Means one who does Kirtan. Dang <coughs> means burlesque. Do you know what is burlesque? Burlesque means striptease. Where a lady gradually taking off one garment after another to entice the minds of lusty types of men of this world. So, dang, burlesque is the other name of anukaran or to imitate the activities of the kirtan kari without following the principles of the kirtan kari. By array of oneself in the trappings of dang or shang, harlequin. Harlequin is a clown, I think, isn't it? Huh? Like a court jester or something like that? Anyhow, people can uh, be deceived, in other words, by putting on the trappings, by show bottle devotion, people can be deceived, uh, but no good is done either to oneself or to others. It is those who follow the kirtan kari that are really their own benefactors or properly alive to the self-interest and also benefactors of others or mindful of others' interest. They are not blinded by considerations of undue personal advantage, nor do they cheat others and are therefore truly disinterested. It is by kirtan alone that the claims of self-interest, interest in others, and disinterestedness, disinterestedness are simultaneously satisfied. So we'll stop there. Hare Krishna. Is that understood? Something, something, please. Thank you. By kirtan alone, one can claim to be interested in his own welfare, interested in the welfare of others, and truly disinterested in the trappings, uh, or you can say the uh, the uh, facilities of this material cosmic manifestation which are meant for Krishna's pleasure Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur Maharaj Prabhupada Ki Jai